Hello and welcome to the Performance Through Health podcast. We aim to inspire and educate our listeners through engaging conversations on all things health and fitness, mindset, business and philosophy. My name is Martin McPhillamy and I'm your host and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Um, thanks for coming over. Yeah, it's probably a bit a bit strange just to have a guy walk up to you in the gym and go, "Hey, do you want to come on come on the podcast and have a chat?" No worries, no worries. Um, like I said, we've already had a little bit of chat about this, uh, this this podcast. This podcast is essentially to get to know people, um, get to share their stories, get to share their insights, and hopefully, you know, if we inspire one person through a conversation out there just to do anything, that could be even just to get into personal training or even to pick up a weight. Yeah. I think we've succeeded in it, in a conversation. So, um, if if uh, let's let's take you back to so where where are you originally from, and uh, your, how well your fitness into into the journey into fitness. So I'm from Brazil, a country city called Bauru in Sao Paulo state. It's about 400 kilometers away from the coast. Yeah. And uh, has about 400,000 people living there. Um, I came in Australia 2011 with a goal of studying for six months and come back. Never happened, the come back part. Uh, <laughs> Is that because it's so nice over here? Uh, as well, of course. It's very different from Brazil, as yeah. you might know. So, a lot more structure here, more education, more safety, mm-hmm. um, very different from where I came from. And being like a guy from Brazil with little resources, having this big opportunity to come to Australia, mm. I did everything that I could to stay. So yeah. Good on you, that's awesome. Yeah. That's real cool. So you look at that as a, as a success that you managed to do. Was, Absolutely. was it quite difficult to, to get a visa and, and to, to, to get into Australia permanently? Was there any concerns there? Uh, no, like once I had the money to pay for the visa and to prove that I had some financial hmm. backup just in case something happened, that was all good, no trouble at all. And I was never illegal in Australia. So... Yeah, no problem, no trouble there. What, what sort of role were you, were you working in, in the UN? Okay, so back then, yeah. so I was working pretty much as a personal trainer. Yep. Uh, and on that company, I had like a small admin uh, leadership role as well. So yeah. I was helping in the management and supervision yeah. of the team. That's yeah. pretty cool. I mean, le- leadership is, uh, for me, essentially leadership and personal training and coaching are, are the same thing. So there was a, a great crossover there. Did, did, did you feel the role as being a leader helped you with your personal training? Uh, probably the other way around, I think. Okay. So I yeah. was a personal trainer before. Yeah. And I think because my boss saw something that could be helpful in his company, yeah, yeah. then he got me to help him. Yeah. So yeah, maybe the other way around. So the ability to you know, w- work with individuals and work with people that transferred those skills across into that leadership role in, in the UN. Yeah, try to make them better. Yeah. And making myself better as well along the way for sure. Uh, and of course, uh, increasing the profit. So that was the background yeah. of the company, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, you know, before we were on this conversation, you, I was asking you whether you were a strength conditioning coach or a personal trainer. And you mentioned that you were a strength conditioning coach. For, was it basketball over okay, in so Brazil? When I was in my last year of the graduation course, yeah. I started doing an internship for the basketball team. Um, um, yeah. And the coach, the head coach, after losing his strength and conditioning coach, he got me in to help him for a period of six months. So I was still a student, but that was a very good experience for me because uh, I could have the team on my hands, so mm. I could 
um, do some work with the players. So, for example, I helped uh, Thiago Luz Moroso, which was like a, a center. Yeah. Lose more than 10 kilos in a period of two months or so. Yeah. So I had some uh, very special and main players on my hand and the trust from the coach to work with them. At the same time, I remember uh, the basketball team was quite in evidence in the city. So the television and the newspaper would always be in court in our center. So I get exposure as well. So that was very good for me as a person, as a professional in my hometown. So that was good. Yeah, that sounds like really exciting stuff. I remember when, when I was at university, I, I was just all, I was about the, stu- I enjoyed the studying, but I was more about the partying a lot as well. And I probably didn't really give myself enough exposure to the likes of going to the teams and being a, you know, being a coach. I was the president of my, my rugby club and I didn't get involved in that. But looking back now, I probably could have done a lot more. So I, I think that's great if anyone's out there listening and they are at university is, is get yourself involved in these, uh, you know, the, the basketball teams and the likes of that. You were doing personal training over there as well. What sort of personal training was you doing? Uh, yeah, so I started doing personal training my last year of university as mm. well. So I started working this um, gym called Nadaric, yeah. which was like pretty much my foundation. I remember the uh, the coach for that gym was the guy that was tutoring me all the time, giving me all the tips, like showing me the way. Because in Brazil, to be a personal trainer, you have to do minimum qualification of a physical education yeah. graduation. Um, and yeah, I thought like physical education was pretty much teaching kids at school, and then he helped me to, you know, open my eyes and say, "Oh, you can do this and that. You can go here." Yeah. So yeah, I started doing personal training my last year of university as well. And from there, after finishing the basketball and with Nadart, I went into this company called Corpori, Mundo Corpori, and I did for five years there, and another year myself, a couple of months in Australia. And yep. took a break. So take me back to the day you decided to uh, move to Australia. I know um, for me it was always a bit of a lifelong dream ever since I was a small child. I, uh, I was inspired by the Sydney Olympics. Uh, I just remember seeing how amazing the Sydney Olympic was and I was like, oh, wow, is that Australia? Is that what it's like for sport over there? And because I love sport as a child, I just had this big picture that I always wanted to go to Australia. And then a series of other events where uh, essentially English rugby teams won over there. There was more English teams won in Australia again. And it just kind of anchored this uh, feeling of being in Australia. For you, what was that like? What was what was the what inspired you to come to Australia? And, and that, that moment where you thought, I'm going I'm to leave. What was that? Okay, so uh, initially I had this dream to go to California. Right? Okay. Yeah, but yep. that was a lot harder yep. for me. Like get a visa, mm-hmm. more expensive and work legally as a student wouldn't be possible. Okay. So I wanted to be in a place where I could still learn English. That was the biggest step for me, like go to a country where I can expose myself to the language. Yep. Try to learn. Um, and Australia was the best one amongst them. And I remember a very good friend of mine, Rodrigo Donaire, Jigão. He was also my one of my English teachers. He was in love with Australia. He's in love with Australia. And I knew a little bit about Australia from him. So then I started doing a little bit of research and fitted in my budget, of course, amazing place. Yeah. Very similar to Brazil uh, in the weather conditions. Now, and I could work. Mm-hmm. So that was the main thing. Uh, I, I didn't have big expectations in working here and staying here, promise. So it's happened when I was here already. So I, my plan was to come here, learn English, get a life experience, get better, go back. Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, so now the uh, obviously you're, you're here. Um, do you think you'll be here for good? Um, that's a very good question. Uh, I would like to explore a little bit more. Yeah. I know that things are getting a bit late. So I'm 36 now. I have a young child. Nothing stops me to do that, but it's a little harder now. Yeah. I'd like to. I'd like to go to Canada, perhaps. Yeah. And maybe from where you are from as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I would probably go Canada and California first before you go to England. To be honest with you, I've always, um, I've always had that California dream as well. Like you know, the likes of growing up watching that Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, the Venice Beach and all those bodybuilders out there. Um, that, that kind of made me have that itch of going to live over Cali. It looks like a, a great place to live. It looks like it's got a wild kind of um, uh, lifestyle and fun. Uh, have you actually visited? Have you been? No, not yet. No, so you, not yet. Yeah, you still haven't managed to go just yet. Have you? No, I haven't. I've not even been to the States. Have you been to the States at all? No. Oh, man, yeah. the same. I'm, I'm, I'm older before, right? So yeah. It's going be hard enough. Yeah. Um, so, as you're moving on, we're into, you know, into Australia. Uh, and I know you've delved into a few things when you've been, you've been here. You, you are currently obviously a personal trainer, but you, you studied, uh, was it astrophysics or something? Well, so I was a little bit curious last year, the year before. Mm. So, watching a TV show and then sparked something on me and I was like, well, I like it. What TV show is that? Nah, man, it's a very basic one. So I feel like a seven years old child, a Cosmos from the Grass Tyson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's amazing. He's absolutely amazing. Yeah. But I realized that because of my formation, like um, my spiritual formation mm -hmm. and my financial condition, I wasn't exposed to stuff yeah. I should when I was younger. And I, I'm quite sure that I will have like a different life today, a different profession yeah. if I was exposed to that mm -hmm. before. But that's all right. That's how life is. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, yeah, I started linking physics with chemistry, with biology, stuff that didn't happen high happens in high school. Okay. Right? Yeah. So it was always very separated, and they didn't connect. So, ah. uh, and then I started making this link in my mind and exploring a little bit more very interested by getting familiar with the um, terms, terminologies, concepts, and then I decided to do one discipline online with RMT, yeah. RMIT, sorry, from Melbourne. Yeah, and that was it. So I have a better view now, and uh, I think being a Christian, yeah. it's nice to conciliate evolution mm -hmm. and creationism. So yeah, yeah. Like get this and I mean, I was probably probably the opposite. I think over in England, I was I was always into science and I learned a lot about biology, chemistry, mathematics. Um, but then when I come over to Australia, I was probably more opened up to a bit of more of the spiritual side, to be honest with you. And over the last uh, maybe year to eighteen months, I've been reading into the psychology of of, of the Bible and the psychology of the you know, of Christianity itself. So that, it's it's interesting how we've got the reverse story. So yeah, yeah. so you, you ask questions as well. Of course, you can. Yeah, yeah, it's just two-way conversation. What are you seeing at the moment and what's your views? Um, so my, my views are that uh, I, I understand the, 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 the allegory and the metaphors of the story. I understand that there is uh, like an abstract story of, of the Bible that's been going back for thousands of years. That is the, you know, the earliest documentation that we have of how we lived in that period. And the values that was created and structured um, and I do believe, like, you know, in the first line of, 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 um, of Exodus, is, you know, it's God made man in the image of God, so the Imago Dei. Going back to that, I, that resonated with me a lot. 
because I never felt like I was a, 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 a creative individual. And then um, reading that and reading through that and how it's saying, essentially it's telling you a story of like you can be who you want to be. Um, that really resonated with me well. And it was at a time where I was at a, a quite a bit of a low. So I was trying to look for a way to change my current beliefs. And I think that really helped me and it served me well. And um, I, now I truly believe that I am made in that image of God. Um, and then, so then I, I went later on to that and reading to Carl Jung, who had a famous psychologist who is essentially, um, he's broken down how our psychology works and links it back to the collective and consciousness of raised, being raised as in the Western society by Christianity. And I think, uh, you know, the hero's journey essentially of what Jesus went through, taking the sins, uh, stepping into the unknown, doing stuff that is completely different to everyone else, saying, talking about the truth, being the truth, what is the truth. I, I never was able to speak my truth until I understood what he was trying to say. Um, and then, uh, you know, even the death and the rebirth, it, that's, it, you know, a metaphor of you can, you can let go of old parts of you or let go of old parts of me that wasn't serving me. And I can resurrect and become you know the, the person who I want to be and I think uh, that's the process of what Jung calls individuation and I think I started that journey by my call to adventure to Australia yeah. um, four years ago now is when I uh, moved to Australia and then uh, probably about when I first got here I had no vision of what I wanted to do like I had this huge vision of basically um, like Australia is going to be the amazing it's going to be this place where I go I'm successful I've just come out being a graduate as a you know one of the top scientists in a, in, a, in the NHS over in the UK as a respiratory and sleep scientist and all of a sudden um, I got here and I had no more vision so I just parted I just like you know, I just went out and just met loads of people and celebrated and just had a real good time it did, but then I um, I lost whom I lost my core. I lost who I lost that side of me that was the the fitness individual, the the health individual, and um, it ended up in a, you know, a depression and me kind of guessing being separated from my spirit, uh, and that's what I learned. I learned that I had separate, I'd stepped away from what my true spirit was, and uh, was in a bit of a dark hole. Yeah, and uh, that's um, essentially how I got out of that was reading into psychology, self help. Uh, getting out there, learning about confidence, communication, going back to my values, restructuring my values, restructuring my beliefs, and uh, writing down a vision for where I want to go in Australia now. So, letting uh, letting go of um, just just materialism, just science purely. So uh, looking at it as uh, you know, science as the be all end all fact rather than truth and the non-truth. I think there's a difference between uh, finding something in material and having an inner world, but also uh, realizing there's an inner world. I was very extroverted. Um, so everything was all about the energy from outside within. But then when I become depressed and uh, when I become a little bit down, I realized that was a, there's more of a, a inner world, the spirit. And I could, I could feel that my spirit was, was, was calling me because you know, there was uh, like, so there was suicidal thoughts and things like that. And I was like, that, that's not me. What's happened? What, yeah, not far. And I was like, well, what, what's happening here? And so I had to look internally and I spent a lot of time on my own because the people around me uh, ended up, by, most of the people around me or quite a few people around me or the fear of people around me were narcissistic and uh, taking advantage of me. So I put myself in segregation and, and with just a couple of friends, but spent a lot of time on my own learning about myself. And that's when I kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so 
personal training. Okay. You're, uh, do you have a special uh, a niche area that you like? I know that on your social media it's uh, like hypertrophy and weight loss. And like strength and conditioning. Yeah. So that's what happened mostly in personal training, I believe, here. Yep. So um, if I could say that I have an issue, is I like to help people to get a step up. So let's say if they are the beginner's level intermediate, mm. I can help them to jump to the next step. Um, but no, I don't segregate. I don't refuse clients. I just, if someone comes to me with a very specific injury mm. or need some rehab initial stages, I just refer them to a physiotherapist because I don't, I don't like to guys, I don't like to step yeah. up my uh, training. Yeah, of course, so, yeah. yeah. Stay in your lane is the, is, yeah. I like grounded, but no, I don't have any specific niche nowadays because I'm still coming back. I still see myself as a, a beginner here yep. in Australia, so it's been a four years now mm-hmm. and I'm just getting back to the industry I'm, I would say that I'm still learning of course I have my background but reading the people um, the way they work here yeah. how they interact how they like to be treated how they like to be touched mm-hmm. how much um, information there are nowadays so mm. you can get training and guidance from internet right yeah but what make a person pays you a good amount of money to be there with you must be something else it's not just about um, the physiological, physical approach, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, it comes back down to that value standpoint, isn't it, really? So it's figuring out there that person's needs and then seeing if you can actually match that person's needs. And if you can, then they're going to pay, they're basically going to pay you for them. But it's being able to read that individual. Have you found that there's a difference between you know, Brazilian guys and women and Australian guys and women? In which way? In terms of, because you were saying to me, um, figuring out how they work. Do you mean just humans in general, or do you, do you mean as in do you think there is a yeah, the cultural difference is, is causing a difference in terms of personal training as well? Yeah, cultural differences for sure. Uh, in Brazil, when I was working for this company, particularly which called Mon Corporate, which called Mon Corporate, so it was like the high end of the city. Okay. So I knew money was not an issue there, so I didn't have to do much sales. I was never too good in sales, I believe. Mm. And I, don't like to be pushy, if mm. that makes sense. That's the same for most people in sales. I'm just going through a sales, uh, creating a sales framework at the moment in, uh, in my work. And uh, everyone's like, I don't want to be a salesperson. But if you, when you get in, in the corporate area, it's like if you want to push it and you, you've got to learn the skills essentially. But I, 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 was, I had that resistance for a long time because it's like, no, I actually just appreciate people and want, want to work with people. Well, sales happens every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're consistently selling now. You say we're selling on this, you know, through a conversation. Right now, right? Yeah. Right now, yeah. But for example, you know, when you step in in a shop and you know, three different people come to you trying Mm -hmm. to, you know, throw stuff from you that you don't want to buy. Yeah. I don't want to be this guy with personal training, right? Yeah. So here, um, although I work in an area that I know there are wealthy people there or people that can pay for personal training I don't want to be pushy and I understand they prefer to spend their money something else as well um, so it's hard for me to approach them and try to sell something mm-hmm. I prefer to be approached yep. if that makes sense and refer to yeah okay yeah. and do, do you not think that just like kind of limits yourself a little bit though do you reckon that's a skill that potentially you need to be, could, can be put on absolutely does absolutely does yeah. uh, I, I see myself nowadays as lot less aggressive than I was before because yep. I wanted I wanted to be that person before mm. back home 
now I don't anymore. Yeah. So I have different values. Yeah. I think different stuff. And yeah. my mind keeps me taking to different places as well. So for example, different studies, different areas, different careers. Yeah. I don't want to say that I don't like this area. I do love it. Yeah. I probably read and study a little bit about it every day. I'm still getting more qualification mm. very soon. But I would like to do something else as well. Yeah. I'm happy to do this. It will be part of my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like training fitness, perhaps helping, perhaps helping people. But I don't know if it's the only thing that I would do. The end goal. Yeah. That, that's really interesting, a couple of things that you said there. So you, you, know, you were saying like, uh, before, if I just paraphrase or rephrase this in, in, in a perception that I'm perhaps taking, uh, whether it's just a projection from me, but it, most of our younger years, especially as males, are spent about growing the ego. It's about, you know, proving who you are to the world to make your, your standpoint. So it's like, you know, this is who I need to be. And I think uh, the process of what's called the call to adventure or the, the you know, start of individuation by young is, is 25 to 26 in males where they're kind of already reaching that level where, okay, I don't need to do this anymore. I don't need to prove anyone else, but I need to prove to myself what's my purpose. What do I need to do? And then you go through that shift of it's no longer about me. It's about what can I do, good, what can I do for other individuals or what can I do for the world? And I think that's uh, what you've just described there is exactly what the process is what I've described. So you can, yeah, you yeah, can see how it links. What you're saying. And yeah, so yeah, I want to help some, someone else as well. For example, now I have a young child. Yeah. I have my son, nine months old. Yeah. So what kind of man I want to be for him? Like when yeah. he remembers, I want him to have a different impression yeah, yeah. from what I have from my father. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So I want to be present. I want to be educated. Uh, show him more stuff, be present. Yeah. So that I think that plays a big whole, yeah, um, big role in my mind, like how I want to shift stuff. Yeah, it's amazing that there's this um, generation changes. Like it, it, when you when you become a father, for example, or I I, I say I like to say is you, you you get a responsibility. Like for me, I've just started to start this business, and that's my my responsibility. I call it my child. It's yeah, it's what it's what's changed me. Um, it's you then it's obviously it's no longer about yourself, but uh, it changes, and you're looking okay, who do I need to be? And you've just said that. Who do I need to be? But then you reflect on you know, who was your father to you. Okay, that's a bit deep now, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I never lived with my father. Yeah, never did I. So my mom was my father. Yeah, okay. This way. And um, of course, family always supporting mm. and suppressing that role. Uh, so he was someone distant that mm -hmm. I had some admiration for, but yeah. I still don't know. So he was someone that I didn't live with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, didn't support me in my life um, and I still have like a bit of scars yeah yeah of course yeah now, yeah right? but yeah. now that I have a child I, I keep thinking how could he not do such mm. a thing right yeah, yeah. I don't want to go <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't want to push you anyway too far. Right. It's, I mean, I can I can relate to it. Like I say, the, when I came to Australia, uh, when I put myself in that position of being alone and spend a lot of time alone, that's when I realised that there was a lot of scars from from my parents and from what happened to my parents. It's like uh, there'd always been issues. You now there'd always my parents had split up as a young age and oh, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. So, but you just kind of just you just you don't really think about it. Mm -hmm. And I think it is when you get to the, the likes of you know, my age, your age, or you have a kid, or you you start to you look within. That's the, or you go you look further into spirituality. You start to puzzle those pieces together, and you have to break yourself down to do that. So, no, I can appreciate that. Uh, it's a, it's a difficult conversation. Yes, it is. So, um, child number one. Mm -hmm. Child number one. 
was yeah. very happy about it. Yeah. Nine months now. Like very naughty, very messy, strong boy. Yeah. Yeah, I keep training him already, like his motor um, skills, the basic ones, mm-hmm. stimulating him every day, so it's good. Yeah, and and how is that? Uh, obviously, I can see it's made you really kind of. You, you, it's a pr- proud moment. Was that? Was, how long have you been with your partner? And okay, so we've been married for six over six years now. Yeah. together for seven. Yeah. yeah, and is she a Brazilian as well? Yeah, she's Brazilian as well from different state. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You you meet over here? Yeah, we met here on the Gold Coast a few years ago. Yeah, so you so you've spent more time on the on the East Coast. Uh, or have you, when did you move? No, when, when you originally? Okay, you originally came over to Perth, or did you go over on the East Coast? I went to Gold Coast first, and then I moved to Ipswich, and then Brisbane, down to Sydney, and I'm here now. Yeah. Where's your Where's your favorite place? Well, I would say Perth now, especially now that I have a family, and I see I can realize the difference. Mm-hmm. But going to Gold Coast was good to start with, as you might know. Came here, yeah. like different mindset. Yeah. Spend time partying a little bit. Yeah. Right. That was good, but not sustainable for sure. Uh, then I had a big breakdown like you did. Okay. Depression, yeah. probably. Yeah. I'm not diagnosed, but yeah, probably was. And my re-encounter with my spirituality and God, for sure. Mm-hmm. And I made some promises there, some yeah. resolutions that would change my life and the way I see um, and did stuff in my, in my life. Um, yeah. What's your, do you mind if we go into your viewpoint of Christianity and, and, and God? Do you, do you mind going down that, haven't you? It's another deep one, right? <laughs> okay. So I think that there are more to explore than we are than we learn mm. and we are taught in churches. Mm. So I do respect church. I'm part of one big yeah. one in Brazil. It's just starting here now. Um, I want my son, for example, to have a spiritual guidance. Yeah. But after starting meditating and learning a little bit more astronomy, astrophysics, there are some missing information that mm. we, we should make people aware. I think there are, there are more to talk about. Mm. Um, God is much more than church, than being there once in a week. It's mm-hmm. a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It's easy to do whatever you want to do in the whole week and then go to the church mm-hmm. one hour, you know, look good. Yep. Like sing the hymns, play the hymns. Yeah. Um, plus, there are different ways to encounter God as well. Yeah. I think it's not just at the church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like be with Him. Yeah. Do good stuff in different ways. Yeah, um, I definitely agree with that. Like reading into how nowadays how uh, quantum physics is is starting to break into space time continuum and and uh, how that is connected to consciousness itself and the fact that. Uh, you know, we like we look at a star, and the the fact that that when we look at that star, the photon wouldn't have moved that that's from that star to our eyes if it wasn't for our focus or our choice to actually look at that, suggesting that actually we are creating reality as we go along. That connection to you know our brains and how it's connected to the universe is like an insane connection, and I think that's the the god point that we're missing in uh, in the layover of spirituality and science that is not taught in schools. And not necessarily taught just in spirituality because they don't use the this, this scientific language per se. But I think there's definitely a crossover there that there's, there's missing. So I can appreciate so that. We live in this world, in this universe, right? Mm. So we cannot deny uh, reality mm. as we know it, right? This table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Atoms, yeah, yeah. Forms, right? yeah. Um, but what I realize is 
maybe for lack of knowledge or maybe to be afraid of changing something, the people in charge in church mm. they don't want to talk about it. Mm. Uh, they just prefer to deny it. So, yeah, okay. And there was light, God created everything in Genesis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but nowadays we know there are evidences, right? That mm. the Big Bang happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? We know that. Yeah. But it's true, it's something that people deny. You brought like a Canadian guy, astrophysicist, he does a very nice job like crossing the Bible text. Yeah, okay. With the cosmology, yeah, yeah, yeah. findings, and yeah. evidence. It's amazing his job. I like yeah. what he does, and I keep an open eye. Yeah, but well, Jung actually he wrote a book called Ion, um, and he did a lot of uh, you know cosmology, astro astrology, and he astrology, astronomy? astronomy maybe. Um, I'm not quite sure uh, whether it's now I'm now in lots of astronomy, astro science, astrology. Yeah, so uh, I mean, it's it's it was more to do with the you know actually the shapes of the stars and how the stars depicted because he goes back to actually on a collective consciousness we're actually creating what's up there through our choices and our focus and our dreams. That's what his his belief was, um, and how it's connect, how our consciousness is connected to the universe and the story has been painted over the years from what we believe purely as no, a global collective um and that's what's being created and so he you know he does talk about the the the, the aries of the aries the spice and pisces the, the periods of the aquarius and he links the the, the pisces area back back to the bible and how that links back to jesus and the fruit of story of the new testament okay. it goes very 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 deep into that and it's so interesting so Is it uh, yes, yes. Yes. There's. I'm not aware about it. It sounds more like astrology. Yes, it, it is. It's accurate to the point where uh, it's a some point. It's a it's a belief that he has. But when he lays it over with the science, you're like, okay, yeah, there's a lot of accuracy in there. And but what's happened now is people have taken his science and have diluted it to the point where it's now just become this um, new age sort of thing. So it's just like, a, you know, it's more of a just I'm a spiritual new age individual and I just, you know, it's, it's, it's become woo-woo. Whereas he, he wasn't trying to try and take it down the woo-woo side. He was trying to work with physicists, people to, to prove it. But then uh, you know, he passed away and he got he got threw out the science because of because of the likes of his beliefs in that sort of stuff. And then they took um, Freud more serious. So Freud was the, the, you know, the, the psychologist that then took a standpoint in science, whereas he took the standpoint more in uh, mythology and uh you'd say the esoteric side of things yeah yeah um so i, I think i asked you very briefly in uh, in the gym about your your future your vision okay yeah what, what do you reckon the because you, you're saying you're you're just dabbling into different interests at the moment obviously you, you've got your personal training going but you're you're trying to just dip your toes in things to see whether there's anything that you're intrigued by have you found anything else mm, yeah so uh, i was choosing myself as taking my first steps in Australia. So I just got my citizenship like a year ago. Yeah. So I celebrated that yesterday. Um, Congratulations. Thank you very much. Uh, and um, I keep thinking about what is going to be sustainable to do for a long time. I don't know if I would be able to open up like a gym. I don't see myself in that role, to yeah. be very honest. Yeah. I think I can do personal training for a few more years. Um, and if I have a chance, I know that like relies or only, there's no excuses, but I'd like to learn more mathematics and physics yes. and perhaps try something with that. I understand that I don't know how to code. I mm. remember that I used to play with yeah. and be 
sort of okay with MS DOS. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, I do. Yeah, that's that kid. The loading is it like the blue and white screen where you like had to type things in, press press it, and it's like runs the next sequence. Like yeah, exactly. I think I think I could remember like a MS. Literally typing in MS DOS and then like coming up with lists, and then you could, there was a few of them like codes that I knew. Like I was like, I'm in the back, I'm the back, the back side of the computer here, yeah. thinking I was great at IT. And that at that period, I was probably a bit more advanced than most people. Mm-hmm. And now I look at computer and go, right. Um, or I think it would have been maybe like is it ninety eight? Ninety eight. Yeah, I remember I used Windows three point eleven. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, back then it was like MS DOS. So I think if I had someone close to me on that time and Mm. said, "Look, this can be something. Like this can be a profession. You can perhaps learn." Again, comes back to my. Uh, financial conditions and the exposure that I had yeah. to education, right? Yeah. Within the possibilities, my mom tried to do her best, but I understand there was mm. a lack of a lot of things that could got me in a different position today. I'm very grateful for where I am. Yeah. And I do like what I did, but could have been different. Yeah. That's all. Uh, and I understand if I want to learn mathematics and physics a little bit more, I also have to learn how to code, which is not easy, mm. possible, but yeah, I mean, yeah, if you go back to that point, the Imago Day of the, you know, God is made in the image of man, man is made in the image of God. If you truly believe that, you can create that, and you know, you can do that. You can. It just you've got to remove those limiting beliefs because what the the human as humans we just instantly talk ourselves out of things straight away, don't we? Right. So That's we've got right. these limiting beliefs that we go, oh, I can't do this because of X, Y, and Z. But that's just a, a belief. I think you already achieved your purpose for this podcast. You said if you can inspire one person, that would be already good. So you did already. You did to me. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> Thanks for that. Appreciate that. Um, so your, your training, what sort of training do you, do you like to do yourself? Okay, so I go through different phases, right? Mm-hmm. I train for different stuff. Essentially lifting weights for muscle mass. I understand I, wouldn't, I would not be a bodybuilder. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be one. I'm... I turned into a plant-based diet for almost two years now. Okay. It's possible, but it's slightly different and a little bit harder, especially without any supplements and drugs, right? Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. I took drugs to get bigger. Yep. So at the moment, I'm training for a little bit of strength and muscle size, but I, I trained for running before, yep. for fitness. Uh, when I really started working in a gym environment and fitness environment, so I started working at HBF Stadium, mm-hmm. and I was never into the fitness world back home. Yeah, it was yeah. It's more in strength and conditioning. Yeah. Right? And personal training. Yeah. Are completely different. So it was kind of a bit of shock, but I had to. It was the opportunity that I had in my hands. So for example, I said like I use microphones nowadays. I've never done that back home. So yeah, it's yeah. a shock like yeah. microphone and you know, that mode nowadays I like it. Yeah, yeah. Um I was never a less new instructor. I think I'll never be one. Um so yeah, for example, I, I started training some MetaFit class, I don't know if you know about it. MetaFit, no, I actually don't. Yeah, yeah, describe that to me. It's like a body weight workout. Okay. Quite intense, like yep. some intense interval training. Yep. But you have music in the background. The good thing is there is no choreography. Uh, okay. Choreography in that. You don't have to move together like in a body pump class. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. But being in that environment, I had to be that person. Right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Nowadays, I have to be like this fitness person. Yeah. And that's why I keep questioning myself. Although I love people, I like to help them. Yeah. I'm not this like fitness guy that yeah. stands in a 
stage with a microphone jumping around. I'm not that guy. Yeah. It's a, it's a persona that you've managed to generate, but not one that you want to create on a big scale because you're not 100% sure you want to go straight down that route. That's what I would interpret that as. Yeah, I think you're right. So, look, I've done it. I have to do it sometimes, but with my style. Yeah. When I look as a third person comparing myself to other instructors, mm. group fitness instructors, mm. I'm not that guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm not that like, jumpy. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you've you've got some good energy. You've got you've got some good excitement too. I think you know, we've only obviously spoke a, a couple of times, but you had a great smile on your face when I yeah. saw you. Uh, no, when I approached you, you 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 you're excited, and today you can even sat, being sat here now, I can see that you. So you do you do have a good energy too. Yes, yeah? so I think that does attract people um, as a personal trainer. That definitely makes you attractive to people to to approach you. So I think you've managed to create the right if it is a persona, the right persona there, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so in terms of switching from a, 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 I guess it would have been a, a normal structured diet to, a, to a, just a plant-based diet, non-meat to meat to non-meat, sorry. How has how has that affected your training? How was that journey? Uh, I lost a bit of weight to start with. So I was a meat eater every day. If I didn't have meat in my plate, I didn't mm. have like a meal. Yeah. Put this way. Um, and then, of course, I... I after watching and being influenced by the documentaries in, on Netflix, mm-hmm. I tried for 30 days. Mm-hmm. And after finishing the 30 days with my wife, I never came back. So wow. I realized um, the benefit of it. Mm. Not just the physical benefit, physiological, but also the way I started thinking about, and to be very honest to you, I never thought about the animal side of things. I'm all right. Yep. Nowadays I do. Yeah, okay. And I care more about it. Yep care about it um, but then I started thinking about it as well and in the same time I started meditating yep. and getting interest in astrophysics yeah so these three things together made a big shift in my mind so I still pray but mm-hmm. I meditate as well and I think they are very different experiences okay for example. yeah yeah um, even if physiologically and neurologically they are similar responses in the brain yeah so I still think how I see, how I perceive, yeah. it's different. It's still connecting with God, with yeah. the creation, with the universe, whatever yeah. you want to name it. I yeah, think yeah, it's yeah. the same thing. Um, so yeah, so was, what was the question? The, question the plant-based diet switch, do you think you lost strength? So you lost some size? Strength, no, I lost some size to start with, but then I, I learned that I could eat a little bit more okay. volume, for example. So I increased the volume, yeah. and yeah, so then it was fine again. Yeah. So, I mean, I've always, I, I'm probably the same as you. I remember back at university, I used to pride myself. I used to eat chicken, like free chicken breasts a day, and you know, every every meal had a huge proportion of protein. And um, when I was 18, 19, I was, uh, I got injured in rugby. So I, I, I couldn't, I basically couldn't tackle anymore because my shoulder would just dislocate every time I, I tried to tackle someone. So I just went straight into the gym and just focused on trying to get as strong as I can and um, trying yeah, try to go down the route of bodybuilding. I was probably never looking at myself going to be a professional bodybuilder or anything like that because I was too, a little bit lanky and, and skinny at the time. But um, I focused a lot on uh, high intensity, a lot of reps uh, and stuff like that. And just prided myself on eating a lot of meat and then I think uh, that shifted as I knew more about nutrition I studied performance nutrition at university and realized you don't actually have to eat that much protein I was probably eating 300 330 grams of protein a day for a yeah it's just a waste so then you know I learned actually you can put that into carbohydrate and you've got more fuel 
for working out. You can actually train better. Um, but then uh, I moved in here and got two, uh, two, two housemates, and they're both vegans. Okay. And I didn't know, uh, like, and Olivia, Olivia's a, an amazing cook. So she was just cooking their foods and they were both like, oh, try this, try this. And they opened this whole world up to these really tasty foods that were just plants. Okay. And I was like, they yeah, it's, well, they're, just, they're just vegan. So they just, they just have plant-based meals, yeah. So now I decided to go, um, let's see how much I can do of this. And I managed, I've managed now to get it to just one piece of meat every uh, I'd say probably three times a week now. Okay. So a significant drop. Um, and in terms of how I feel it's, it's affected me, I'm, I've not been able to make that judgment because at the same period, at the same time, I focus more on my business and stop training much. So I, I have got weaker and I have got, I haven't, I haven't lost, I don't think I've lost size because I'm the same weight and, I'm, and I look at myself and I'm going, okay, I'm probably, probably exactly the same, but I've, I've lost strength. But I think that's more to do from going training from four or five times a week to three times a week rather, rather than that. But what I find difficult is the amount of fiber that you have to eat. I really struggle with that. I just feel like I'm full all the time. So probably not being able to eat as much as I would if I was to eat you know, a huge steak or something. That's what I've struggled with. Do you think that you have to eat three times a week only, or are you doing that because you see the benefit? Um, I do. I, 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 in terms of still eating the meat? Yeah. I've, 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 only eating three times a week because you used to eat a lot more before? No, no, no. As in, I only eat meat three times a week. So okay. I still eat chicken. So I still eat um, plant based. Yeah. So the majority of it is the, the no, it would be the uh, pea-based chicken. So have you seen that sort of stuff? Yeah. They got in coals over here. Yeah. It's actually when I first cooked that, it was really really dry. But then Olivia just said, "Look, if you just put it in water and cook it up, and uh, rather than fry it, you can cook it in and put a bit of barbecue sauce in there, and then it, it tastes much better." And it was that was forty grams of protein. But for getting forty grams of protein of that, you have to eat so much fiber compared to what you would with the with a, a chicken breast. So I was like constantly feeling like I was full. So therefore, I couldn't eat as much as I was as I could. And I think that's where I've lost maybe a little bit of energy and a little bit of strength. But that's pr probably through lack of planning and and looking more into it yeah. that than than uh, because before. When I was uh, now a year ago, I would probably would have been a lot stricter on what I was eating, more focused on how I was looking, how I was feeling in the gym, how I was performing in the gym. Now that doesn't really mean as much to me anymore because I've got you know, I'm really focused into my business. As long as I'm staying healthy, it's for me. It's now being strong still, being able to move and getting my mitochondria working by working, you know, doing high intensity stuff. If I can do all those throughout the week maybe two, two or three times a week that's enough for me to give me that energy to be feel fit and healthy enough to then go into performing my business how many hours per day are you dedicating to your business um so I've, I'm, I'm in full employment still so i work as a, a you know, as a sleep and respiratory scientist for a medical company so i'll do that nine to five but i'm up at 5 a.m working until i have to leave the door 8 30 or eight o'clock in the mornings right they're doing content or currently writing a few uh, frameworks and ebooks and stuff uh, creating the website and then I'll finish at five come back and I pretty much come up here until maybe 8 9 o'clock I'll have some food with my partner my partner at the moment bless her she probably feels a little bit on her own I pop into see every now and then uh, but she understands that I'm at a point where I'm tr trying to make that transition from employment into in, 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 into self-employed and I, I know that these I know there's going to be a lot of work for the years to come 
on, but I know right now and need, I need to dig deep and just get, get it off the ground and just get my message out. And you know, even doing the likes of this on a Saturday morning, this is contributing back to what I want to do in the grand scheme of my vision. Okay. So I have a clear um, endpoint of where I want to be. And I think that's created created a higher self in my mind. So when I meditate, uh, it's like I see my, I, I can see who I want to be and who I want to become and how I want to be seen to the world. Um, but not from an egoic standpoint, yeah. from but from a, a from a, a point that I feel connected to to, to myself. It, it, you know, that's that's what I would call God. Um, is is that that person who, who you think you need to be? Is that God for me is purpose? Um, and I think I've found that and discovered that through through what I'm doing. Whereas before. Um, because I didn't have my father in my uh, in my life too much. I love my father to bits. Like, and we have been there. We trained together. He's shown me a lot. We've got a life. Like, um, I don't know. I wouldn't be who who I am today. But as as feeling connected, it, it wasn't there. Yeah. But now, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Um, but now I I feel like I'm connected to to source. Let's say, and I feel like that's what's driving me. And and having that vision. Um, creating that vision is what's inspired me to to, to feel that, um, and that's what I now am trying to teach back to the world is that actually vision is the first thing that you need to create in your life. But to do that, you've got to discover who you truly are, and you have to go through the process of looking within. You've got to go through the process of discovering about consciousness, God, perfect purpose, um, and I use Jungian psychology to help people go through that. And then once you've done that, it's okay. Now let's start with your health. Your health is the most important thing in the physical realm, so we need to be healthy. That's going to make you feel confident, so therefore you're going to have the mindset to do, to step up and do the likes so of physical health, physical health. Physical health first, yeah. Physical health, because I think that then leads on to mental health uh, improvements as well. I think uh, for me, when I was in that down point, uh, at that lowest point, I set myself a goal to get into the best shape I've ever got into. And I was, I was shredded. I was probably ready to go into compete in a physique competition. And that made my, my, it improved my mental health so much because it gave me something to do and inspire to. Um, uh, and that just led on to me then having more confidence. But at the same time, I was doing the work of looking into myself, stepping out and doing new things. I learned how to DJ, uh, you know, just, just being, well. just being creative. So creativity, consciousness, communication skills. I was studying about communication, the art of communication, you know, the likes of this wouldn't happen if it wasn't for that. You know, the conversation we're having, the depth of conversation, probably wouldn't have been able to have that. I would probably have more surface level conversations. Um, and then looking at the bigger thing, being of service and contributing to back to people. And I think if you develop those four things, you're then in the place to then truly create an inspiring vision. Okay, can I ask my question? Of course you can. When you're in your best shape. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How did that play on your ego? So you were looking good, feeling good, but you didn't want to go party anymore. It would mm. be easier mm -hmm. to do whatever we know. Yeah. But you decided to take a different road. Yeah, How yeah, was yeah. There was, um, there was still an egoic part to it. Uh, you know, it was like, okay, now I am in the best, I am in the best shape. Look at me. I, I, yeah, yes. I, and I did go to, I did get actually, when I was in that best shape, I got invited to a, a, a very wealthy um, person's party to be you know, a topless waiter. Um, and you know, it was, I was surrounded with women around me and guys like, oh God, look at, look at, I haven't seen you in a year, but look at how shredded you are. So there was still that kind of, I guess, looking for that egoic or that validation from other individuals. Um, but then uh, I did realize that that wasn't the be all or end all as well. Mm -hmm. So I got to that point and I realized, okay, 
I've, I've achieved this and it's and it, and it and it's yeah it was great and yes I relate that to an anchor point of changing my mindset but it wasn't what uh who I was I did it it was a goal but it's not who I want to be I don't want to be a competitive physique athlete I don't want to be someone who's stepping in front of the, the camera all the time and all these shots and stuff like that yeah and, and I think there was probably was, it probably come from body image issues as well. My mom's always had suffered with body image issues. She's always had, she's always, she was constantly up and down dieting as a, when I was a kid. Um, so I think that's played a huge role in, in, in how I look at myself and why I, you know, studied nutrition. It's definitely played a huge role. So um, separating, I think, I think after I got to that point, I realized that, that uh, communication and connection were more important than in general yeah okay. more important than uh, how you look Beautiful. yeah one more question so where do you want to be in five years then in five years yeah, time yeah. so we can check this so uh, so I have a ten year ten year vision which is what I call the dream so the dream is essentially to have a uh, like a retreat center somewhere maybe at Margaret River where people can come and learn about everything I have to teach so physical health mindset meditation reconnection getting out in, in nature uh, you know cooking food, uh, having this kind of place where people can come and reconnect to themselves. Because I think in 10 years time, the way that uh, society is going, we're getting more uh, stuck on our phones, we're going to get more stuck into technology. We're going to go down to a route where artificial intelligence can potentially s- create a split in our consciousness. I believe that artificial intelligence is the evolution of our consciousness. And that's the way that collectives going. Because who's driving the world? The likes of the big Uh, tech companies are driving the world so that's the way the world is going we're going into a technological age we've moved from thousands of years ago of the the age of the Christianity into now we're in the age of materialism and science we're now going to go into the technological age that's my prediction but people are going to become more depressed, anxious and stuff because they're going to be comparing themselves. They compare themselves now to other people on social media can you imagine trying to compare yourself to the likes of a robot that can do your job Billions of times easier because you don't. Yeah, there's no human error in there. So you lose. You lose a job. You lose who yourself. You lose who you are. You have no idea what to do because your persona that you created in the world isn't is is no longer valid in society. So how can you get away from that? You have to go and reconnect with self, and you come to do come come to me in Margaret River to do that. Okay. Um, Some people see a threat on that and see an opportunity. I see opportunity. Yeah, because every because every problem has a solution. It has to. And that's the the gift that I want to give back to the world when there is, and it's, yeah, it might not happen. And if it doesn't happen along the way, I would just have to change. But that's the, my prediction. Five years time to be, to have that $2.2 million house down in Margaret River, I need to have a center in person where that's doing that. So I need to be starting doing that now. And I, had, I did a, a meditation when I went on a course over in, uh, Melbourne in maybe September, October, and uh, it was basically like a, what's called a land of plenty meditation, and it, it was looking at your vision. And because I already knew what I wanted to do, it was it put more clarity on exactly what the process wanted to be. And I want to wake up in the morning, and I want people to train hard in the mornings, and then after that we we go out and we feed together, then we play, then after that we come we learn, and then after that. Um, we, we cook and feed again together. And then you go for a process of, of like dancing, connection in evenings, so the children put away and everyone's around the, the fire and having their, you know, having a big meal together. And then just, it's just like the adults can then play and dance and you know, whether that leads to new connections or whatever. And then at a time underneath the stars to, to meditate and go within. That's perfect. 
Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I can do that now. I don't have to have the the place down in South. I don't have to have the place in in five years time in the center. I can actually help people go through that process now by just teaching them and just just I guess inspiring them, inspiring them to just live their life that way. So that's um, yeah, if you look at my content on my social media, a majority of it is is, is talking about that sort of stuff. So yeah. Right, let me ask you a question that just tricks me all the time. Um, social media, right? Mm. As much as I understand the benefits of it, mm. I think the downside is even bigger. Mm. Uh, I would like not to be there as much as I do nowadays. Yeah. Um, I understand how it affects my mind, my attention, my concentration, my spirituality as mm. well. What about you? So that, that's one of the probably the, the difficult points between what I'm saying I want to do yeah. and, and what I'm actually doing. But where is going to be the people who I'm going to try and connect with? Like, I'm not going to, if I can't, the people who are not on social media and already connected to their self are not the audience that I'm after. So I need to be talking to that audience who feel on the other side of my social media who are watching, he's speaking to me. So I need to make sure I use it as a tool and not the tool using me. Now, I do fall in, in and out of that. I do notice that, and, and it's, been, it's the awareness. So I do look at it and go, okay, right, look at my phone. It tells me I've spent four hours on screen today. And I'm like, okay, that four hours is a lot. Yes, I drive to and work and the screen's on because I watch, I listen to YouTube clips on my drive. So that's an hour. So yeah, three hours, but three hours still on the phone's a lot to con a day to consume your, uh, consume your time. But if I can make sure that that time is well spent on there, so yes, I still flick through people's stories and get lost in it and just flick through and stuff like that. And that's what I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to work that out. Um, but it's the value that I want to give. For me, it's the bigger audience yeah. with the vision of how we're going to go into technology and how that's going to grow. Um, I think that, I, that it's a missed opportunity for me to not take that yeah. with my vision. Mm. So... We're going to finish up. A couple of questions that yes. I, uh, um, I like to ask everyone on this podcast. So be, being the Performance Through Health podcast and my business called Performance Through Health. Number one, what, what do you feel you need to be doing to take your levels of performance to the next steps? Physical performance. Physical or, or performance um, in Performance Through Health is just the ability to get what you want in life, essentially. All right. So I'll take that. Um, give up a little bit more on social media. Okay understand what I believe, who I am, yep. um, and putting time aside to study, doesn't matter what, even if I have to wake up a little bit earlier mm -hmm. and go to bed a little bit later, but yeah, like yes. one hour studying, for example, mathematics, yep. physics, like getting down and doing exercise, not like watching YouTube videos, doing, mm -hmm. you know, okay, it looks beautiful with pictures and beautiful images and stuff, but I still have to do the exercise, I still have to struggle, go through that. So that's what I need to do. Yeah, uh, that's uh, I, I. One thing that has helped me a lot, and when I'm doing that study, it's obviously number one. You've got to get started, so you've got to get that habit in there. You've got to make sure that you, you're, uh, you just regardless of what your mind says. Oh no, it's gonna, it's going to be easier to stay in bed and, and just lie here for another hour. That's what the that's what that part of the brain, the brain, you know, the, the lower version of yourself is telling you. It's comfortable here. You don't need to step into that unknown. Yeah, yeah. You, you can be comfortable, but then you've got 
for me, if you've got a, a vision that is so clear, you've got the, the higher self that's looking down and, and making you feel guilty, guilty crap. Uh, you know, you feel shameful. But if you can utilize that motivation to say, I don't want to feel guilty, I don't want to feel shameful, and you get up and take the action, you can anchor that negative standpoint of not feeling guilty to go and do your work. Now, whether that's a bad thing or a good thing, it's, it, for me, it's just energy. It's just a, a tension point. And if you could just sit with the tension, it just allows you to keep going forward. Um, so first step is just doing what you need to do. And for me, that was watching YouTube videos. It was. It was, yeah. So I, I learned loads, so much from... from yeah, but then it's, it's getting addicted into that little YouTube. You can just go, okay, well, you feel good because you've learned from YouTube, but then it's going away and implementing that back into your life and integrating it into your life. And for that, for me, is journaling. At the moment, I'm um, reading a part of Jungian psychology all about the anima, and the anima is essentially the feminine part of the, the masculine psyche. psyche. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how we can fall to that. So when we go through relationship issues, we can fall to um, our negative feminine side. So, you know, you can either become addicted to something and you, you, you because you're, you're scared of that feminine part or you can become kind of complacent and just flaccid and just like let the world walk over you. And that's what Jung was trying to say when you become an anima possessed. And I feel maybe over the last two months, I have not been being my best self. And it's because my relationship with my feminine potentially my relationship with my mom i'm probably missing my mom uh, my relationship with my partner because i'm probably distant because i'm so focused on my job i'm so far into my masculine that i've pushed the feminine down and i was trying to get back so i'm utilizing that as creativity now so i'm trying to figure out the ways to um and i learned from youtube from watching people talk about Jung and, and how you can call wed the anima or build a good relationship with the anima go build a good relationship with your feminine side and it's stepping into the arts being more creative getting out in nature all those things that people would say is a, a feminine energy do you, you get what i mean by the masculine yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so it's, it's having a good relationship and being com- yeah being comfortable being comfortable with that so that's, and that's what it is. So, um, are you still taking on uh, clients at the moment, personal training clients? Yes, I still have a few gaps here and there. Yep. And try to conciliate a few different jobs in a few different places. So, yep. I'm working in HBF Arena. Yep. For the state government there. Um, I also work in Claremont and in Scarborough for the River Fitness. Yep. And I recently started working in Belmont okay. as well as a group fitness instructor. So, if anyone wants to get in contact to, to use you as a, a personal trainer, how do they get in contact with you? Oh, they can always find me. Media as well. Yep. So, how do they spell your spell your name? Okay, my name is Rafael Pieroni, but my social media content related to personal training is Perf Trainer. Perf Trainer. Dot Rafa, my name, which is Rafa. Okay. Excellent. Thanks very much for coming over. I really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for teaching me and defeating me. And <laughs> um, thanks for all you guys out there who are listening. Uh, if you've enjoyed this episode, uh, please share it, like it, send it around. I'll obviously be posting small clips on my social media, so check it out. And uh, uh, yeah, check uh, uh, Rafa out as well. So um, that's it all for now, and we'll be back again next week. Thank you. <laughs>